Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. We are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Ninja Turtle comics one issue at a time. Kevin, happy Shredder's Revenge Eve as we record this. No, sir. This this is going to be up in like, this is going to be going up in like a year from now at this point because <laughs> we're almost at the end of the season. That's how hard Everybody I gonna... want people to know we worked on this, so. Yeah, exactly. We're recording this uh, pretty much right when Shredder's Revenge is coming out. Uh, you you heard about, what episode is this? Nine, nine, volume 319 plus the others. So like 30 episodes ago, <laughs> you heard our bonus episode about Shredder's Revenge. That's that's how the pre-recording the season works. But yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm very excited and Glad to say that we're, we're back on the up, I think, in Image, so I'm looking forward to chatting about this one, but how you been? Yeah, I can't see how the new ending goes, because to be honest, I haven't read the new ending. I'm going to read it oh, really? like, live on the podcast. Yeah, oh, it didn't cool. have an ending last time I read Image. It was I read it like 10 years ago when they hadn't done the ending yet, so oh, those last awesome. three will be new to me. Not that I remember much from the ones I read 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, but, if uh, you could, it's impressive because my God, is it gotten convoluted? There was like rant, like what I remembered from ten years ago before we started this season was I obviously remembered Donatello's a cyborg in this volume. Yeah, I remembered. I remembered Leo losing his hand. Um, I remembered. That's not. I remembered that Casey had a different mask, and that. Shadow became a bigger character this volume. Not that she's a huge character, but she's been focused. She's been featured more than before. So other than that, that's about everything I remembered. I didn't remember like plot specific stuff. I didn't remember Raph becoming the head of the Foot Clan. No, that right. I somehow forgot. So we are here talking about an untitled issue because they're all untitled. I don't know why you wouldn't know that by now. We've been saying in every episode, all of Image Comics is untitled. The cover artist for issue 19, I didn't say that yet. We're talking about issue 19. Cover artist is Frank Fosco. Story by Gary Carlson. Pencils by Frank Fosco. Inks, Mark Hickey. Lettering, Pat Brousseau. Colors by Adam Gazowski. So this, this is a turn of the year this is a brand new year. This is a New Year's issue. That's what I'm trying Ooh. to say. Came out in January 1999. This month in entertainment. Yeah, everyone was partying like it was 1999. Everyone was paranoid about Y2K. I always thought... And people have made so many Y2K jokes over the years, but... I always thought it would have been great if all those talk shows that had the, the people who thought the world was going to end re-interviewed them. They should have had them back. Yeah. Like like 2 years late like in like not even like January of 2000, like 2002. They should have had them back to be like, "So are you still worried? <laughs> Do you still think that stuff's going to happen?" Like uh oh god, I can't think of his name. The guy Venkman interviews in Ghostbusters 2. Who's got the book? Yeah. And he's like, that, that's not real good for book sales. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, what I like about that, a lot of people miss this, is in Ghostbusters 2, that's foreshadowing for the end of the movie. Because yeah. remember, Vigo almost ends the world at the stroke of midnight. Well, not ends the world, but he almost comes back, which would right. cause the right. beginning of the end at midnight on New Year's Eve. So that guy was probably had a real psychic vision about that event. It was good foreshadowing. I love Ghostbusters too. I, I don't know why people hate on it so much. I feel like it was one of those things where at the time it was disappointing, but over the years, sequels have only gotten worse. So, so from our point of view, it's a good sequel. You, but from people at the time's point of view, they were like, oh, it's just the same movie again. You know what I've come around on? Jurassic Park 3. I really, really like it now. Disappointed when it came out, but ancient 30-year-old me really digs it that it was just an adventure movie and they were like, dinosaurs are what people care about. Here's a bunch of mm. dinosaurs for 90 minutes. <laughs> so. I don't remember anything. I know the first Jurassic Park and I know I've seen all the others, but I couldn't. I Obviously, I remember the T-Rex in New York at the end of two because everyone jokes about it. But other than that, I don't... <laughs> Oh, and I know in the Chris Pratt one, I, I can remember like a few images, but in that it's basically the first movie again. But other than that, I don't remember like lots of plot of any of the Jurassic parks. If, if you've got 90 minutes free and you get a way to like bring it up quick, give three another whirl because it, it's a fun ride. Maybe I'll rewatch them all because I want to see the new one. It's getting good reviews. By the time this podcast is up, it's probably out on on demand. I mean, on, on demand. We're so old. Out on. It's out on home video. Oh, <laughs> you can get it on the VHS. But anyway, let's take a look at the January 1999 movies. I only put three down here. I was going to say. jumped out at me because January is not a big month for movies. Yeah. Varsity Blues came out in January of 99. I totally forgot that had a theatrical run, to be perfectly honest. And then Boondock Saints also came out in January of 99, which I always think, I don't know where I heard this. Maybe you'll know. But I remember like a stereo, like a, a sketch or something about a Boston guy, and the Boston guy being like, "My top five movies of all time: Departed, 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 Boondock Saints," because <laughs> they're all super Boston. Yeah, but I, I don't. I can't think of who I don't that was. Where I heard that. I. It sounds so familiar. Just every Boston guy, and the movie that people will most remember from January of '99. She's all that. Ah, yes. Is that the one with the kiss me? Yep. Right on a beauty party. That was. Uh, I've never seen that movie, but I know of. I know the slow motion walking down the stairs shot that everyone always plays. That was the beginning of the glasses. You're ugly, and no glasses. You're pretty. Yep. I gotta watch that movie. I'm sure I it feel really like that held. Poster up. is iconic. It's it's like iconically bland. You know the poster? You can picture the poster for She's All That, can't you? I can, but I want to look it up now just to see. It's like, who, who was the actor that played the guy? I don't know either of their names. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr.'s got like his arms around her. He's like behind her and like holding her. And the, the background is just like orange and, and purple. Purple. And it's like two squares, and that's all it is. It's very simplistic, but 
I don't know. I feel like I saw that poster everywhere. In you know what it probably was. I'll bet Blockbuster Video had that had like six of those posters up. You remember that they couldn't just put one poster for a moment. Oh yeah, yeah. They'd have the same movie poster on the same wall <laughs> five different times. So if you're really looking, this is the she's all that section. <laughs> That's all we got. It's it's a whole store. I don't know why we went out of business. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook is going to be in a movie called Spirit Halloween the Movie. So the discount Halloween store is getting a movie. So that's how far she has fallen. So the number one movie at the box office January of 99 was Patch Adams. Oh yeah, okay. Came out. It, it didn't come out in January, but I'm doing the box office was, now, so that's how that was. It made 19 million in January, even though it came out the month before, and it would go on to make 202 million total. That's one of those movies where the person it's about hates the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Look it up. I don't remember the exact reasoning, but I mean, it made sense the way he said it. So. Does he not want them to treat a patient? He wants them to treat a disease? Isn't no. that the big speech from the movie? You treat a disease, you win, you lose. You treat a patient, you win every time. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he had a problem with that. And... <laughs> Billboard number one songs. For the first two weeks, it was I'm Your Angle. Hold on. I'm getting an update. Angel. I'm Your Angel by R. Kelly. Kind of remember it, not really. Nah, that's not one I'm familiar with. The next two weeks, it was Have You Ever by Brandy. Oh, She's yeah. Back, back at it with another song. And then here's the beginning of when I started watching TRL. And it wasn't for this song, <laughs> but I remember this was sure. when I was starting to get watch Total Request Live. The last week of January 99 was Baby One More Time by Britney Spears is the number one song. That I remember. And that's kind of the beginning of, I feel like, the the early 2000s artists are starting to take over now. It's not 90s artists anymore. I think we're going to see a lot more Christina's now. Blink-182. Actually, they're more 90s, but like, you know what I mean? The TRL crowd is going to start coming into the, the Billboard number ones. Video games. The Nintendo Power cover. Same month as this comic book. It says Castlevania. 10-page monster review. For 64? I think that's the game that people always call Castlevania 64. Okay. But it's ac it, the actual name of the game. It's just like Superman 64 isn't actually called it's Superman just 64. The name of the game is that the name of that game is The Adventures of Superman. Oh. Oh. But everyone calls it Superman 64. I don't uh, Timmy, if you're listening, let us know. I'm pretty sure Castlevania on N64 wasn't particularly good. I have played it and I got to say Here's the thing. Uh, here's something I've never heard anyone say about it. I think they were trying to go for, oh, Castlevania's kind of horror. Let's kind of do like a Resident Evil thing. I think there's more Resident Evil influence in that game than anybody ever talks about. The problem is it was rushed, and it's not terrible. 
It's not a great game, so I don't know why I'm standing up for it, but it's not as bad as the internet says. I'd call it like a solid 7 out of 10, maybe a 6.5, okay. somewhere in there. It's playable, especially if you have a guide. It's playable. And you're going to want a guide because I know I just defended it, but there is a part in that game where you, I, I don't know if they didn't play test it properly or what, but there's a puzzle that if you do it in the wrong order, you have to start the game all over again because you're stuck now. Oh. I forget what it is. It's something about like an explosive nitroglycerin thing. And if you get the nitroglycerin before you hit the switch, there's no way to reverse it or something. I don't know. It's It's been a while. But you have to start your file all over again. But yeah, Castlevania didn't make the transition into 3D too well, and they haven't really tried it much since. They had another Nintendo 64 game. Fighting game, right? No, no. They had another like attempt at a 3D Castlevania oh. game. There's two of them. And the other one's just equally as good quality-wise. They're both like a 6.5 out of 10. They're not, not games you should go out of your way to play. I'll say that. It also says on the cover, huge reviews, which is an interesting way to describe reviews. I guess you can't write, like, long reviews on the cover. That would be weirder. It would be funny if they're actually just in large print. <laughs> yeah. In-depth reviews would work. Right. Uh, battle Tanks is what they're doing. In all here. right. You remember Battle Tanks? I do. That was our all right game. It was good for a rental. FIFA 99 is also in here. Nightmare Creatures Ooh. and NBA Jam 99. Nightmare Creatures was fun. A, it's not really... I got a memory about NBA Jam 99. Um, So I remember... I can't remember what I was homesick with. But it was something where... It wasn't my wisdom teeth because that was after high school. But it doesn't matter. I was homesick for some reason. <laughs> and I was it was something that maybe I had mono. I don't know. There was something that was like important enough that my mom went to Blockbuster and rented two games for me because I was sick. Which this is, I think, the only time she ever did that. And the games, I'll never forget, the games she rented and brought back for me were Mario Kart 64, which I was thrilled about, and NBA Jam 99. <laughs> And I could tell, because if you don't know me, I don't do sports at all. Nope. She clearly had no idea that NBA Jam was even a basketball game. She probably, I think what happened, probably asked the guy at Blockbuster, what are two popular games that kids are renting? (laughs) And I just, I never forgot that. Every time I see NBA Jam, I think of that. She, she, like, I felt so bad for how little she knew me. (laughs) Good job, Mary. Good job. <laughs> and so, uh, last thing on this cover, Game Boy Color, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX. Ooh. All the Game Boy Color games had DX for deluxe. TV events, January 4th, Ed, Ed, and Eddie premieres. Oh, wow. Never really got into that. I didn't either. I That's the one with the plank, right? Yes. Okay. January 10th, Batman Beyond premieres. I got into that. That was good. I love that show. 
Also on January 10th, The Sopranos premiered on HBO. Yeah. And The PJs premiered on Fox, which was a very underrated show. Go check out The PJs. Actually, the humor probably hasn't aged well now that I think of it. But for, for its time, I remember it made me laugh. I'd watch the PJs again. I'm sure it's not on anything, but I thought it was earlier in the 90s, but I guess it was right at the end. January 11th, Jon Stewart takes over as the host for The Daily Show. And it gets John better. Mm-hmm. And then January 16th, The New Adventures of Batman ends. Okay. And it says it ended after 25 episodes, but history has kind of rewritten it to be the fourth season of Batman, the animated series. So who knows how many episodes you want to say January 31st, the Denver Broncos win the super bowl. Woo. 34 to 19. And then family guy premieres immediately following the super bowl. The first of many times family guy premieres. (laughs) And then we got two Saturday Night Lives to wrap this up. January 9th was hosted by Bill Paxton with musical guest Beck. Nice. And January 16th was hosted by James Vanderbeek with musical guest Everlast. Oh, wow. Father of mine. No, that's Everclear. Oh, that's Everclear. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Everlast has wow. that one song I can't stand. And then you really might know yeah. what it's like. Yeah, that one. Okay. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like it? I, I've never liked that song. I don't know. Well, maybe you don't know what it's like, Sean. Have you ever thought about that? You know what I thought about? You can read this in Comixology or in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Urban Legends Volume 2. That's what I thought about. That's good thinking. Let's take a look at these covers so, while we're talking about that. I think the original cover is awesome. It's the turtles fighting a Triceraton, and it looks like a, a wrestling match almost. It, I don't know. It's possibly one of the best covers in Volume 3. <laughs> yeah, it's got Raphael going off the ropes. Like, you don't see ropes, but no, he's but... like basically doing like an elbow drop yeah. onto a Triceraton. Ooh. Nah, I guess Tournament Fighters was close enough. I'm going to say a Turtles wrestling game would have been interesting. That's true. And then uh, the reprint cover I actually like because it, it's yeah, a pretty good gag. covers, it's not bad. It's Mikey running with an Utrum being chased by Triceratons. I don't know. I just liked it. Yeah, there's a so, lot. You know, it's, it's very kinetic. So we start this issue... <laughs> With Donatello in an interrogation room being watched by not Splinter in jeans. I don't think they yeah, ever that say what that was a bad choice to put that on the first page, because obviously if you're reading Ninja Turtles and you see a giant mutant rat, you're going to think it's Splinter. So it's a Savage Dragon character that I didn't bother to look up. Then there's a guy named Rock. Then a guy who looks like a He-Man action figure prototype that never made it to production. I don't think they give his name either. He's, I don't know. He kind of looks like a... Yeah, he looks like a Skeletor henchman to me. I don't know how else to describe him. I feel like Crest 
toothpaste had a character that looked like him. Yeah, I could see but that. But I don't remember what he did for the Crest toothpaste. <laughs> he uh, made sure you were terrified into brushing your teeth. Yeah. And then we have one He's of got the... got no lips. Oh, yeah. That's unsettling. And then we have... He looks kind of like a like he has a overturned bucket for a head. We don't need to talk about this guy the whole show. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the head of it all... One of the men in black, Mr. Black. Because I guess that's Mr. Black. all we could come up with. So uh, they're trying to figure out where Donnie is from. And Donatello keeps bringing up like, no, I know this guy and that guy, this superhero. I know Savage Dragon. And they're like, you got their numbers? No. So, he doesn't have anyone to vouch for him except April and Casey, but he doesn't want to drag them into this, which I find unusual at this point, because it's not like April and Casey haven't seen anything by now. Especially Casey. I mean, he gets dragged into everything, as we're going to see in the next two issues. He's So, Mr. Black's talking to Donatello. Donatello gets upset. Uh, the He-Man action figure guy <laughs> continues the tradition of people saying sound effects and says ulps before he tries to spring into action to save Mr. Black. And uh, Mikey's girlfriend, Sarah, shows up out of nowhere, as far as I can tell, and, like, saves Donnie. Yeah, she vouches for him. She's like, I know this guy. He's cool. She is on the team with the weird-looking guy. It's the Special Operations Service, which is a thing from Savage Dragon comics. It's or all of Image, really. Yeah. Or, like, the, the image that's involved in this continuity, anyway. It's not in, like, Walking Dead. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Savage but Dragon would have um, taken these zombies they, down. They're a secret organization. They're created to, like, basically police superheroes but also cover up the existence of superheroes which they call post-human in the savage dragon continuity so they're they're kind of men in black but for superheroes see that's something i'm unclear on i think the men in black here are different i think the men in black called the special operations service but i'm not 100 percent clear on that all right well, that's where we find Donnie. And then we, we go to Casey and April's apartment and Shadow's excited because Daddy's on the TV. So Casey's getting interviewed because he, if you remember last issue, they said, yeah, you know what? Take those three Komodo dragon corpses with you. Get the reward money. So he's on TV like a lotto winner, except he had to actually go out and kill his lotto winnings. And... <laughs> and we've... We finally get the answer to who posted the reward, which we brought up a few yes. issues ago, that it couldn't be the Foot Clan. Apparently, it's the families of the victims. Because apparently two, two boys were killed by them. Yeah, if my, ki if my kids were killed in the sewer, I don't think I'd be offering $10,000 for somebody to kill mutants in the sewer i don't know it's hard to say because now i need to imagine a reality where mutants exist so i mean but would they believe no they're in the savage they're in the image comics universe they'd believe there were mutants in the sewer i withdraw my complaint <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you'd basically like if the mother and Jaws walked up to Brody and was going to slap him and was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I feel like Casey Jones is finally being Casey Jones again because he's hamming it up on the news. April gets a call from the supermarket. It's Casey's boss who's upset because he sees that he's on the news and that he was not out sick. So in Casey Jones fashion, he gets fired over the phone through his wife. This <laughs> this complaint, this one I won't take back. I don't buy this. No. Because they set up in the last few issues that Casey Jones was basically about to be made manager of the store. And I don't think you fire an employee that you like that much just because they fake called in sick once. Like, don't get me wrong. His boss would still scream at him, probably. And his boss would be like, if you ever pull this again, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the last two issues set up how good he's doing at the job, how much they like him there, and that they're about to make him the store manager. I don't think you just drop that. And, like, you drop, like, a sketchy employee when you catch them calling in sick because you're looking for an excuse to get rid of them. You don't fire a good employee. They're hard to find. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, they weren't at the I time. I bought it. I just figured that it's still the supermarket chain where he punched the guy in volume two. And I think the guy okay. from volume two saw him on the news and then called this store and was like, hey, hey, now you believe me? Huh? He's a delinquent. Maybe that's the optimist in me fighting. Like, no, he would still have his job. He'd still be fine. So Casey's going to make that Komodo dragon money last. Um, <laughs> so Shadow and April go into the other room. Splinter's still watching the TV. Raph shows up in the Shredder armor. And uh, I, I like a lot of what they do here. It, it's, I think especially because I've read IDW, but basically... Mm -hmm. Raph tells Splinter he's a better grandfather to Shadow than he ever was a father to the Turtles, which I was just like, wow, that that just cuts. But it's true with Mirage, so it, it makes perfect sense. And then Splinter states that he's not happy that Raph has taken over the mantle of the Shredder, and they kind of have more discussion than an actual argument. But I just yeah, love it. It's 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 a very cool angle. I'm glad they were able to actualize the potential of this Raphael Shredder storyline. And they do a nice job with it. I mean, we'll get there in IDW, but it's just funny because you know down the road that Splinter doesn't necessarily feel this way in another timeline. So it's really cool to see him be like, no, like the armor is evil and you know, represents bad things, and Raph's like, no, it's just armor. It was the guy in the armor. And Splinter brings up an interesting point. Well, to be fair, in the IDW continuity, Splinter doesn't put Shredder's armor on. No, you I know, know he... but it's still interesting to me because it, that took me, took me back a little when I read that originally. But anyway, Splinter brings up this awesome point of... You know, so is Karai okay with you running the New York faction? And Raph's like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. We're buddies. So we go to Leo and Mikey in the sewer. And for once, Leo is the whiny one. 
he's crying about Casey <laughs> getting all the money. And <laughs> Mikey's like, yeah, he also saved you before they ate more than your hand. He goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. So in the sewer with them's leather head, and it turns out he rebuilt the teleporter from way back in Mirage. And uh, he's got an Utram buddy named Dr. X. And I thought that was a nice yeah, tie-in. This Dr. X, and I'm not complaining. If, you, if you're keeping track, I withdrew one complaint, made a complaint, <laughs> and now this isn't complaining. This is just an observation. But um, this Dr. X thing, it's definitely a retcon. Oh, yeah. Because if, if you remember, the, the turtles helped Leatherhead move from where he was staying into their old lair. Like, this Dr. X guy would have come up at some point. Right. And the thing they do that's interesting with Leatherhead that, again, I love as a callback is he almost has PTSD when it comes to this machine. So he freaks out anytime yeah. the turtles get near it because he thinks it's going to get broken again. And I think his animal brain is also yeah. taking over, too. Yeah, because they mentioned something about the mutagen wearing off, which yep. I don't remember if that goes anywhere. But it's interesting because it doesn't wear off for the Ninja Turtles. So I don't know what's going on there but we don't know if leatherhead was created you know in a different with less mutagen or whatever so mikey and leo end up helping finish the teleporter because they have dainty hands in comparison to leatherhead and that that's a callback to the issue with the foot clan guys he teams up with so i i loved all this stuff and <laughs> dr x is a jerk and tests the machine while leo's like in the middle of it so, yeah, he's like, I'm not going to test it on us. Michelangelo do it, which is even more messed up. Yeah, he's like, hey, hit that button. And then it sends his brother into another dimension. So when Leo comes back, he's got a Triceraton buddy fighting with him. And uh, that leads to a whole bunch of them being able to track the transporter signal. And show up and you get this amazing fight scene that, again, harkens it's back to mirage and i love it is it just me i feel like the triceratons are bigger on image comics they look a little bigger like they were always they were always big but this feels like they could like grab a turtle and hold them up with one hand and i never thought they were that much bigger all right yeah but you get this amazing fight and i love that they bring the details back about how the triceratons have trouble breathing on earth which I feel like in Volume 2 they totally forgot about when the Triceraton showed up. No, yeah, absolutely. They didn't have the, the cough in their dialogue. And we we get callbacks to Zog, which I liked. Um, he's the Triceraton from uh, Return to New York, if you've been listening that long. And uh, maybe you can clarify this. Does the Triceraton drown that tries to jump after them? Or is it that he just gets killed? I think he just got killed okay. with, with the the thing that he got shot in the chest with. But, yeah, Leatherhead... Are you talking about a different one? No, no. I just... like when he shows up. I like that he says he that he claims the transmat device For the in Empire. the world. Like, yeah. in the same sentence, he's like, I claim this transmat device and this planet for the Triceratons. And it's like... It'd be like if you made a wrong turn and somebody was like, I claim this car and the entire country for me. <laughs> like, it's such a, such a leap. 
But the tur- Leo, Mikey, Leatherhead, and Dr. X escape. But the Triceratons are back, and I don't know. I feel like this, the volume's, like, kind of back where it needs to be. Like, I love all the callbacks. I love that we've gotten back to the continuity. So it really brings the Savage Dragon, Man Bat Splinter, all that stuff into focus is... That stuff was kind of cool, but now you're setting this up, and this is amazing. And then you, you and get... I think, I think Zach, who is the the Triceraton Z, Z-A-K, who comes up at the end of this issue, yeah. I think he's actually just starting to make appearances in IDW. I forget. They introduced a new one recently, and I could be wrong, but I think his name is Zach. That'd be cool. So this one ends on a weird note of Donnie and Sarah in the hover car above the city. And they're just kind of talking about how pretty everything looks from up there. And I guess Sarah just... She wants Mike. Yeah, she still wants Mikey, but she she seems to be a little into Donnie too. So I don't know if she's just kind of the whatever's near her. She peppy lapews, but... I think she just thinks the Ninja Turtles look cute, like in general. I'd say Cyborg Donnie's not really the cute one. Mikey still uh, has all his like original parts. <laughs> but we we get this moment in the last panel where there's a Triceraton standing in the back of the car, hover car, looming over them. And that's where it ends. Yeah, it's like the Zodiac Killer. He's about to break up their date. <laughs> so that that's where this one ends. I mean, I... This might be one of my favorite issues of Volume 3. I I went high. I gave it a 4.5. Oh, wow. This is an example where we're very far off. <laughs> I only gave this issue a 3. Really? Just because, yeah, I like what it is setting up. But to me, it's next issue where it picks up. This is, as I've said on the podcast before, what I call it is like they're, they're setting the chess pieces where they need them to be. They're ready to make the attack. But I feel like this was very much a get the characters in position issue. And now they're there. And now like next issue for me is where it kicks off. You know, now that you say that, I think that's just a storytelling trope I like. Because that, that's a lot of the type of stuff I enjoy is the setup. So what what was your... The old setup. Is that what you titled it? The old setup. No, no. Uh, so my title was Wrath of Zog. Ooh, I like Wrath of Zog. I titled it The Terrible Teleporting Triceratons. Ooh, that's good too. <laughs> so yeah. I, they, they honestly teleport like six times in this issue. <laughs> They've really figured it out since the last time we've seen them. So, yeah, I mean, they get they get Zog right in the back of the the car there. But I, Zach, I think what, it, what was his name? Not Zog. Zach. Zach. Yeah, or Zock. I don't know. It's it's one of them. But I think what I enjoyed Z-Dog a lot is what he prefers to go by. <laughs> Yo, man, I claim this other car and this planet. You notice how they have pouches? Did they have pouches when they were on Mirage? No. Or is that 90s comics starting I, to seep that in? That might They've be 90s, 90s comics, comics pouches. Seeping in, but I think it's because the Triceratons are back and I've always enjoyed them as a villain. 
I don't know. It, it. I love them. I really like. I've I've always said like, my dream Ninja Turtles two because I understand you can't start there, <laughs> but my dream Turtles sequel movie would be a Triceraton adventure. Yeah, and that I would could be see, great. Like maybe the third, but just give me. I want that movie. Like I want. You could so easily. Obviously, you do the first movie. You set up Shredder, the Foot Clan. You you give everybody what they're expecting. The second movie, though, you could totally adapt those three issues oh, yeah. from the beginning of Mirage. That would and be have awesome. Have them go and meet Fugitoid, and I mean, look at look at what Thor Ragnarok did. That's basically in those issues. Yeah, yeah. You've you've got the big battle arena and everything. One day, one day. So yeah, I, so I that sounds about I feel like, like our thoughts. I feel like image. <laughs> this is gonna sound stupid, but it's finally become Ninja Turtles. It's taken this many it, issues, but it's turtles. They finally got their stuff together. I know what you're saying. Like they're not. We we said before the beginning of this volume focused way too much on that serial killer, the Splinter being a bat, and deforming the turtles, and 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 focusing on Donatello basically being Venom now. Yeah. And because, you know, his cyborg armor basically makes him venom. And now it, it, there's just something about this next run. And unfortunately, it's the run that's going to take us out of the volume. But right. it, they really pulled it together at the end. And I, I think it continues with the next one. So, yeah, I, I can't wait. Like I said, I, it I was feeling a little bummed out the last few issues, but I, I'm back on board. So. Okay. Well, thank everybody for listening, and let's go take a listen to Future Kevin and see what's going on in Future Earth. Did the Triceratons take over? I don't know. Can I kick it? So, no, the Triceratons did not take over past Kevin, but what did take over the internet today, or at least as of this recording today, was the brand new teaser trailer for mutant mayhem and i gotta say i am super hyped i was texting sean all day about this thing he is hyped as well it's honestly i know people with their hyperbole on podcast say stuff like this all the time but it really does look like it's going to be the turtle movie i've been waiting for for a long time i'm so excited i love the into the spider verse influence they got going on i love that the turtles are still learning as evident by what happens in the trailer i love that it kind of has almost this like claymation look to it at certain points which is pretty cool something sean and i have also been talking about is it doesn't seem like shredder is going to be involved in this movie at all if you have any details on that let us know uh we're wondering if they're maybe saving him for like an animated tv show they're going to be doing or saving him for the sequel i don't know but so far they did that action figure leak well they didn't do it but the action figures leaked and um there's no shredder figure and it it seems like from all the characters we're getting no shredder announcement yet they announced the voice cast no shredder so that's really interesting if i'm gonna be really impressed if the studio let them make a new ninja turtle movie and not force them to start with shredder that's gonna be you know the first time they've done that movie wise so 
Really interesting. Of course, there were haters uh, right away as soon as this thing was posted on the internet. And I just got to say, it's it's like, well, the people who already decided they weren't going to like this didn't like it. No surprise there. Uh, you know, I, I saw a, a couple of things, but look, we got to, as a TMNT community, just not pay attention to that. Focus on the positive and don't let them ruin. If you liked this trailer and you saw it and you, it got you excited, don't let anyone who is dumping on it ruin your excitement for it because it looks like it's going to be really cool. You know, give me three of these movies. Give me a trilogy. I'm all in right away. So I really loved all the stuff that they had in there. I like that with this animation, it looks like we can get some, finally, some really crazy, like, ninja moves um, out of the Turtles, which we didn't really get from the Platinum Dunes movies, more or less. I mean, I some people might think we did. I didn't get what I was looking for. I'll say that. So... Yeah, I can't wait for this movie. Like, I'd, I want to skip straight from this phase to seeing it. It looks so good. It, and the humor is great. I laughed out loud. The humor is not like that cringe humor that, uh, I, I don't know, it hit me. Again, it's subjective. But the humor definitely hit me. The way they talk, you know, I understand they have real teenagers voicing the turtles this time around. So that helps. But they really did seem like a group of teenagers. Uh, April. April in the trailer there as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, she's, I mean, we don't know much about her, but it seems like she's doing like a report on the turtles. Like, it seems like she's not a reporter because she looks too young, but she's like writing notes down. So she's got like that reporter instinct in her, which is really cool. What else do we see? Bebop and Rocksteady are in the trailer. So awesome. Like never not going to want to see those guys. So it's great that they're there to party. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot uh, to talk about besides that. Let us know. Tweet at us at TMNT Nerds or write us TMNTNerds at gmail.com if there's anything you want us to talk about uh, trailer-wise. But I am so hyped for this thing. I can't wait. So thank you, Nickelodeon, for doing this movie. I'm so I can't even express in words right now how excited I am for this. And thank you, listeners, for waiting for us to upload this episode a little late so that we could comment on this trailer. So let's get a dialogue going. Let us know what you thought of the trailer. Get at us at TMNT Nerds. Look us up on Twitter. Look us up on Instagram at TMNT Nerds. Gmail, TMNT at gmail.com. Uh, my phone number is... now. I'm just kidding. Um, but... That is awesome, and we'll be back next week with some more Image Comics coverage on here, and hopefully we have more news about this movie, because I want to see it all. See you then.